back to another episode of the Winner's Culture where we like to highlight the journey to success, not the glory that you often see. As always, I got my co-host with me. To my right. Hey, y'all. It's Bondi. Then to my left. It's just JJ. And then I'm just Daryl, y'all. One R, one Y, one L. Please don't mess that up. So as always, I normally say we got a special episode, but I'd be lying if I told y'all it was special. Today is going to be a legendary episode, man. To say the least. A legendary episode. The entrepreneur that we have with us hails from Greenberg, New York. One out, of five, <laughs> one out of five children at the age of 14 years old was exposed to his passion, and he hasn't looked back since. He's had a hands in a bunch of businesses, some you might have heard of, you know, um, Earn Your Leisure, EYL Network, um, EYL University, InvestFest, you know, the list could go on. Uh, but nonetheless, a, a great person, a great individual, a fiance, father as well. We got Michael J. McDonald in the building with us. How you feeling? Good brother. How you feeling? Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. How you feeling today? I'm great, man. I'm here with y'all, man. I'm like, you know, this is bringing back memories. And and we really appreciate. We gotta get a little bit of the backstory. Tell the story. A little bit of the backstory about how this came about. So we had the pleasure of going to InvestFest um, just last week, a legendary event. And when I say legendary, yes. I didn't even understand how legendary, like the magnitude, like to put this in perspective, when I came through the door, it looked like an airport security line. Yes. The line went. Yes. The line went. Around. Yes. We apologize. You you were... we apologize. We're working on logistics. We're gonna make it better. We're gonna make it better. We was in the we was in the uh, the convention center, Atlanta Convention Center, Congress Center. We came in the door. It wrapped around. Then it wrapped around. Then it went then down the hallway. And wrapped around. And they came back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I, at this point, I realized this is something special. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? It's called the EYL effect. Yeah. We, we've been running with that for a while. It's the EYL effect. Man. For sure. And by the time I actually got in, I just sat down. I was just looking for a place to mm -hmm. sit down. And so I sat at this bar. And, and I sat next to this gentleman right here. And D came up to me like, yo, you know who that is? And I'm like, I'm like no, I don't, I don't think I've seen him before. He like, like that's Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, you don't even know who you sitting next to right now. He like that's yeah. that's Michael McDonald. I'm like Michael McDonald. He the, he the other founder of Earn Your Leisure. Yeah, brains behind the operation for sure. Run so crazy, the whole right? yards. Never know who you know. Who you never know who you sit next to. Oh, next to. So mm -hmm. we spoke to him and he was just cool. I was like, you know, how's the event? What's going? He just on his on his laptop working. chilling, working. working. That was on Friday, and then on on Sunday. After having this legendary experience, seeing Steve Harvey and, and Diddy, Diddy, Robert F. And Smith, some of the richest black people that you've ever heard of, that the world's ever heard of, um, we saw them again on our way out of the of the marketplace, the marketplace with all these black businesses, and we just went to speak, just like just to tell them like you really did your thing, like this was amazing. Appreciate it. And and before before leaving, you know, somebody taught me before, just always always ask for knowledge, always get more knowledge. So I asked them like. Um, you know, you have earned your leisure. We have the winners' culture. How do we scale up? And he said, he said, be different and and be consistent. And then they're like, how do we get on this stage next year? That's what I'm He said, interview me. So we're like, whoa, whoa what? Serious? <laughs> we're like, whoa, we live in Sunday. He said, get me on the pod. He said, get me on the pod. So now we just in shock, trying to figure, trying to take that in. But long story short, now we here, man. Now you're gonna hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we really yeah, appreciate we it, for it. We, we gonna work for it. We, we really appreciate that. So we gonna uh, we gonna get into it. Um, yeah, we ain't gonna waste no time. We ain't gonna waste no time. The people are anxious to hear it. So we know you one out of five children. One out of five children. Is it, yeah, you said like you that. know you uh, <laughs> y'all grew up in low income housing. 
um, familiar with, you know, what we would call the hood. Uh, could you just paint us a picture of what childhood was like for you? I mean, I got a bio that makes it seem like it was, that was, that was ChatGBT making it seem like it was really, really bad, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it was like, I drew, I grew up, I'm, I'm an eighties baby. So, gotcha. you know, mm. the crack epidemic was crazy mm -hmm. at that time. So I do remember walking to the bus cause the bus was like, you know, we had to go to a, one location and catch the bus. Yeah. And I remember always seeing like crack pipes in the little glass pipes with the colors mm -hmm. on them and stuff. So mm -hmm. I remember all that. But but my 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 projects was like dope, like because yeah. we all we was very friendly. Like it was not like like we hated against each other. Like some projects, like this building don't mess with this building. Right. Fortunate enough for us, we all got along. Like Greenberg was a great place to raise your children, your kids. And on top of that, I have lifelong friends. Like my friends are the friends I had when I was two, three, four, five, six, seven is the same friends I have now. Like I circle, my circle is pretty small. I'm, I'm not actually comfortable with like bringing new people into my life. Yeah. It's pr actually pretty hard for me. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. But um, I mean, it, it, it was definitely like, you know, drugs and, and fighting and you know, all that stuff. Like, you know, it was the same thing, but it, it, it was, it was a good, it was a good place to be raised. You know, it, it, it was, it was, I, I don't want to say it's the slums, but it right. was definitely the projects. Right. It was low, low income housing, um, but it was the people, the people that made it better. Like the people that was inside my, my, my projects made my, my experience growing up better. And, and I could trust them. Like I trust them with my life to this mm -hmm. day. So it, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, it was a learning experience, but it was definitely an experience that I said, I can't have this for the rest of my life. So I started looking outside, trying to expose myself to different things. And, 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 and you know, ever since like, what, 1920, 2021, 20, 21 i've been living in like luxury um mm. um developments yeah, you know so i just couldn't you know i i, I wanted more was moving fast yo man listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah to get up out that situation yeah. Yeah. No, it's good projects that, that do that team right right sure. so so yeah. in the projects like we like in general in america we know that class mobility is not usually a thing especially for black people like it's, it's very hard for, for people to go from poor to middle class to, mm -hmm. to upper class um were there people that you saw, was it role models, or what experiences led you to be a, a business minded? Well, that's why I would say it was one of my faults, is that I gotta see someone do something before I do it. Mm -hmm. But once I see it, I'm exposed. I can't, you can't unsee what you've seen, mm -hmm. right? So when, like I had like, like one of my friends, like early on, um, 20, in my um, young 20s, this guy had a, a Rolex watch, he had a beautiful house and all that, like, and I met him, Cause I was selling him a computer because mm -hmm. I used to work as a, like a, a Apple specialist and I sold him a computer I can relate. and that's how I met him. And he's like, yo, <laughs> can I pay you to come set up my computer? Right. And I was like off the thing, but we became friends for Like he's actually my business partner to this day, Wow. but we became friends. But I go, I go see his house. I'm like, damn, he's got this nice house. He got the nice car. He got the watches. He got, I'm like, I seen it. Right. I seen it. I was living in the Bronx at this time. And I'm like, uh-oh. It's on. It's on and popping. I seen it. So I started to want more. I'm like, why would you spend forty thousand dollars for a watch? You crazy? Right at the time. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? But right. now I realized I started to research it, started to understand it, that life is is it, it it's it's not what I was seeing. Right. So I said, you know, I was exposed to it. That was one of the, that was one of my moments where I was like, I need more. I need more. Watching MTV Cribs, th yeah. that was that was something that was giving me insight. Like you know things like that. You know like like exposure, man. Like I was exposed to those little things, but I don't know if I ever had a role model like um you know 
my brothers were probably my role models. Like, I always looked up to my brothers, mm -hmm. you know, and my sister, you know, like, they all taught me a little bit of something. Me being the youngest out of all my siblings, I learned a little bit from each of them, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I took what I wanted from each of them, and I developed Michael J. McDonald. Mm -hmm. So how was you learning your hustles? Like, where were you getting, like... So, like, if you, if you read my bio, like, 14 years old, like, I, was, I started working on my brother's computer. And he showed me Photoshop. And, uh, and that's when I like learned like, you know, how to do flyers and logos and stuff like that. So I, at 14 years old, I'm hustling logos, I'm hustling flyers, I'm hustling all that, you know. But how I learned, I, I just want more. I, I don't like having no money. Mm -hmm. Like some people can walk around with no that's money. <laughs> but I have no money. I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to not show that I don't have no money. If I don't know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So I just had no money. Like I wanted to buy the new Jordans. I wanted to buy food. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I wanted to take somebody on a date. You can't do that with no money. Right, right. You know, my mom's ain't happy. She got five kids, you know right. what I'm saying? And she was a waitress, so she only could dupe us so much. Right. My allowance was probably, what, $20 a week. Right. What you going to do $20 a week? <laughs> so I started working at a place called Sport Time, and I was working there from 14 to 20 years old. That's my longest job to date. Mm -hmm. I've never had a, long, a job longer than, like, a year after that, mm -hmm. after that job. So that job was a – and, and I, I, was, I was going to basketball practice, and going to work, mm. basketball game, going to work. So I was doing awesome. like it was crazy. It was, a, I don't. It, it, it was might be something in me, but the, the 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 motivation behind it was I didn't like having no money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't like depending on nobody else. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like I don't like someone having that my decision that I want to do is in someone else's hand. Right. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Right. That's why I, I, I've been an entrepreneur for so long. That's why I can't work. You know what I'm saying? Having a boss, Diddy, um, Dame Dash said it the best. I look like I'm a grown ass man calling somebody else a boss. You know what I'm saying? It's real though. It's like, like I don't want my son calling nobody else a they his boss. You crazy? But, but some people okay with it, and that's okay. I'm just not, and that's why I just it was just instilled in me to like, listen, you gotta, you gotta go get it, because nobody else gonna do it for you. Like you gonna do for yourself. That makes sense. It's it's crazy because even um we was talking to Wall Street that Nehemiah said. His street being renamed, Track was saying that one of the main things he always says is, if you give him permission to feed you, you give him permission to start. That's a fact. Yeah. I'm like, when you think about it, that it's makes so, so much studio. sense. Mm. I can, so it's it makes so much sense. Like he I actually got a picture of that in my phone when I went to a studio. I said, because that's really yeah. Mm. yeah. So one of the other questions we wanted to ask, like even with what we was talking about, and I guess I'll open it up to the floor. Do y'all think that I, the childhood traumas or even experiences could impact your work ethic or your drive as an adult? Absolutely. You think so? For sure. For me personally, for sure. yeah, my, my childhood was like, I was an athlete. So like, the work ethic is you always practicing. You always right. going, like, you always got something to do. You go to school, you go to practice, right. you mm -hmm. running back, and that's right. every day, every day, every day. So when athletics was over for me, the mentality was still there, though. It was still like, I got to keep going. I got to grind. I got to be prepared. I got to, the whole thing that went into playing sports, because that's all I knew. Like, from a mm -hmm. little, I started playing when I was like four. So me personally, definitely that was the aspect of my environment that, that stuck with me the most. I definitely relate to you on the, like, you don't like being broke because, like, I also, my family was from the project, so the nasty environment, but ours was, like, the slums, pissing the elevators, yeah. bars on the windows, mm -hmm. bulletproof glass for the front attendant. So it's like seeing that as a, a little girl at that, mm -hmm. mm. as a little girl, it was just me and my mom and my sister, just three of us, all women at that. So, yeah. and once you move out of the projects, we only like went to the hood, which was better, but you know, it's still the hood. Um, once you get out, that one foot out, you just want to keep stepping forward. And it's like seeing so much as a kid really impacted 
the work ethic and the mm -hmm. drive and the grind and just like, even if it's a little step forward, it's still forward. You yeah, know? and, and to, to, to go on that, the trauma is there from your childhood. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I learned personally, and it's unfortunate that in our, in our culture, in our community, that we, we, we frown upon mental mental health, like we don't really understand right. mental health, mm -hmm. and we frown upon if we have a therapist, and right. if we have, you know, like, therapy, like I was in therapy for like five years, like I, I'm, I'm gonna go back into therapy, but you, I think everybody should be in therapy, like, you know, because it's that, mm -hmm. it's that professional opinion. Mm -hmm. Like your friends, no matter what, they're gonna give like an emotional opinion. Mm -hmm. and, and, and anytime you make decisions with your emotions, or you, you have somebody talk to you with their emotion, not until time not gonna be the right right right, right thing right. said. Because emotions involved. You right. never wanna make any decisions with emotions. But when you speak into a therapist, they're not they're not talking from what you're saying or how they know you. They're just speaking from their from 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 education, from their experiences. Right. They're, they're they're talking with, you know, uh, they're giving you an educated response. Mm -hmm. And we need to as a as a community really embrace therapy because we all need it, especially coming from the places we, we've come from, seeing people get shot Absolutely. and things like that. Like that, that's trauma. Like that, that, that don't go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I remember I moved here five years ago. People used to come to my house with guns. I was like scared, like get out of here. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like I had to break that, like become comfortable with just having guns around me. Like, cause it, it, it's, it's like, it's all free out here. You see yeah. a gun in New York. You, so, but that, that comes from a trauma, just seeing guns in, in, right. in New York right. growing up. So definitely like, I just think like you need to, to seek therapy, like to, to really like become one with, with, with the things you've, that you've gone through mm -hmm. and then take, take that and see how it relates what happened in your past it relates now and how you can change it. Mm -hmm. Like for every every problem, you can, it's a solution. Mm -hmm. And I think therapy gives a, a, a lot of solutions to a lot of the things that happened in your past. Did, did you go through anything? Like, did you go through any traumas that had you feeling like you wasn't- well, my biggest trauma, my first trauma was losing my grandmother at eight years old. That was, that was the first trauma. And then I lost my mom at 21. Mm -hmm. um, so those were my, and I lost my cousin a few months after that. And that was like my, my like best friend growing up. Um, through a car crash, both my cousin and my best friend, they, they died in a car crash. Mm -hmm. So that was like at 22 or 23. So all these things, all these things happened. So death has been, I started, my trauma started with death. So I've always been scared to die since eight years old. Mm -hmm. Like I've been afraid to die. So now I have a kid, I'm like, nah, I really can't die. <laughs> you got <laughs> you know something really like I gotta be here. So, you know, um, that's why losing weight was so important to me because I know how my mom made me feel when she passed. I don't want to make him feel like that. I want to make sure mm -hmm. he's good before I, before I, you know, leave this earth. I want to make sure everything's in place. Like, he, he's good and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to let him down. Um, not that my mom let me down. I mean, she dealt with a lot. She been through a lot. So, you know, but she did a great job. I mean, she raised all these kids, and we pretty much turned out pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Did, did, did you ever feel like you was going to be a product of your environment, or did you always know that you was going to make it out of that situation? I mean, I don't smoke weed. Uh -huh. um, I ain't drink until, until, like, 29 years old so i never I, I never did what everybody else did I, I always did my own thing like i remember playing with toys by myself and i'd be seeing my son he'd be having a blast with his son. He'd be <laughs> play, play, playing with his toys and this is laughing and giggling right. that was like me like i never like i always i know that i know how to have a good time like i don't need someone else to have make me have a good time right, right? so it, it's the it's the goes with the same thing I, I don't really need enjoyment Oh, I don't have to fit in like to 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 do this so I can be cool with you. Yeah. It's either you gonna like me or not. Right. I'm, right. I'm I'm a genuine person. I'm straight up. 
like like me or not, I'm not gonna do something for you to like me. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when you was on your journey, you started to do the flyers, you were doing um, all of the things that you were doing. Do you think were any specific moments or any, I guess, particular things that you could recall that prepared you for launching something like EYL? Well, we started like three or four businesses. We started Jock Tribe, we started um, a real estate investment company, we started a, fa a fashion company. Wow. We started a lot of companies, right? So um, I, th I definitely think those, those different um, experiences uh, helped us with Earn Your Leisure. But it really wasn't Earn Your Leisure. It was the first, the first business, that, the first part of Earn Your Leisure was making Rashad the number one right. financial literacy, right. um, the financial um, advisor on, on the internet. Mm -hmm. That was the first goal. That's how y'all went into it? Thinking? Yeah. We didn't know about Earn Your Leisure. I mean, okay. Earn Your Leisure wasn't a thing, but the first goal was working on Rashad Bilal being the number one financial advisor on, on the internet. That was the first goal. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when, as he was growing, people said, yo, you ain't got, <laughs> I want more information. You ain't got a podcast or nothing? And that's when he was like, yo, let's, let's do this podcast. What are we going to call it? They were using the Earn Your Leisure hashtag for a while, but Rashad never really liked that name. And then um, Troy was like, just brought it back up, because Troy came up with Earn Your Leisure. Um, he brought it back up and it's like, yo, let's just go with it. And it, it just popped. It like, it was, it was like wildfire. It just kept going crazy. So, you know, and that's when Earn Your Leisure birthed. But all our experiences, like Troy came from education, mm -hmm. Rashad comes from financial, I come from media. It was like, you couldn't put this puzzle together perfectly. Like, right. Bet, bet, yeah, all the parts. like every piece yeah. of the puzzle was there. Mm -hmm. And then we had our family and friends that were supporting. added to that puzzle and supported it and, and, and being those pieces that we needed. You know what I'm saying? So it, it just, it was just, it was, it was, just, it was a perfect song. It was like you can't, you couldn't write this hit better. Like three kids, childhood friends, from Greenberg, New York, launched the biggest media company in the world. Fire. You think that came with any, or could you share some of the sacrifices that that came with, like to grow? I this? mean, we sacrificed friends. I mean, I went, I went broke. I, I was. Mm. I don't know. I don't mean like because while in your leisure was happening, while in those eighteen months yeah, that we, were, uh, we weren't taking, taking any money in because we were putting all the money back in the um um into the podcast into the podcast, like we didn't take any money out. We we would put we were investing them back into the company because mm. the number one goal is building the brand, and that's the problem with small brands. Um, they they start taking from the the, the pot yeah. before you're supposed to, and when you take from the pot before you're supposed to, you're taking away your, your opportunities. Mm. Like, if you say you made a thousand dollars, right, and you spend that thousand dollars, so now you don't have any money, but you get a call, you got to interview Michael Jordan. You ain't got no money to get to Michael Jordan, right? You're taking away that opportunity. So we were always putting money in because we knew that all these different things, whether it was upgrading the cameras, whether it was upgrading the mics, we were doing it one by one, so, like slowly, slowly but surely, we were doing it. But during those eighteen months, like. I was I was doing so much for Earn Your Leisure. Like I was doing so much. Like I was I was doing the operations. We it was just really us three in the beginning. I was doing operations. I was doing the production. I was doing um, marketing. I was doing uh, uh, managing. I was doing the bookings. I was doing everything. What? Like, I was By doing yourself? yeah. It was just so so. What happens? I had my own business, like my business on the side before Earn Your Leisure, and I had all these clients. I'm taking away all this time from these clients. What you think they're doing? They gonna, I got to go somewhere else. So I was just kind of like running out of money like because I was just putting so much time in earning leisure. But I seen the vision. And then when I say I seen the vision, I didn't see it this big. <laughs> but I seen the vision. I seen like this could change our lives and our family's lives. So I was like, I'm, I'm, 
it's okay to lose lose these little these little these little wins for this big one, and mm -hmm. it turned out like massive. Did you get your yeah. old people back? From that left, or I, I mean, I don't really like. You. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. The thing is that they understand like what I was working on. They understood it, and I was real with them. Like I really like this is something gonna, and now they see the growth of it. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of them reached out, and I put them on to like um, other people I know. Mm -hmm. But me, as far as like, I haven't built this. Like I'm in the process of building a system where I could take on people like and make another earning leisure. Mm -hmm. Not another earning leisure, but something like another great thing. Um, like my fiance, she came to me like um, when I, and this is, we start off a business relationship. I I know I'm capable of, of taking people to the next level. Right. Mm -hmm. I know how to do that because I, I've seen it five yeah, or six times over yeah. and over again. And we've done it like over and over again. But I like, I met her in say May. We started talking in like, August or something like that or July and you know I was speaking to her she's like I'm like yo we need you need to build your brand up and stuff like that and do this thing because she doesn't know business at all mm -hmm. she had no clue and I was like if you if we could just do this this and this and this you'd be good and then within like a month she made a million dollars like Ooh. of all the things I placed <laughs> into her thing. you know what I'm saying like that literally just a this, month. this and this like just change it because a lot of people have a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities to, to, to monetize their, their, their self, their brand, and all these different things, but it's not until you put things in place to be able to monetize. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta just lay out the blueprint. This is what I'm trying to do. Like I just have to make it a little simpler, where I don't have to put too many hands on it, like yeah. or have a team to do that because I don't have the capacity to do that at the moment. Right. So, but I do want to start doing it. That's why I've been creating systems. Like, so I, what I've been doing is I've been journaling everything I do. So, and I'm almost finished with journaling everything I did and everything I do. Okay. So now I document it. I'm, I'm in the process of writing it into like a, a, a work, a workbook, a, a user manual, right? Mm -hmm. So now I could just say, boom, to a business. Mm -hmm. And now they could just follow this, this manual. Right. And it makes it simple for them to grow. That right. makes sense. You know, it's actually interesting that you said that because we were talking and we said we know that like marketing strategies will normally change quarterly. But could you speak to like, I guess, um, the differences between the initial maybe marketing strategies at EYL and what they may look like now? Well, well, the, the easiest way to do this, right, is that, again, our, our number one goal was to do something different. Right. That was our number one goal, always doing different things. Now, sometimes it didn't hit. Sometimes it hit. But... Your analytics is where you find out what hits and what doesn't hit. And we, we weren't, like, when you own your own platform, you can do what the hell you want. Right. You don't have to ask questions. You don't have to worry about this or worry about that. We literally did what we wanted. Whether that was uh, um, Rashad sitting on top of a roof talking about financial literacy. Right. Or, or we, we had a conference and we only using cell phones to, to record, not main cameras. Mm -hmm. We were always able to take those risks because... We didn't have to answer to nobody else. We we had our we were in control of our own destiny. Right. So now if if I'm taking a, a, a I got a really nice camera and I'm doing a video of me and doing an ad, and it only gets a thousand views, but I, then I I use a cell phone footage, and it gets ten thousand views. What if, which one are you gonna keep using? You know what I'm saying? So it was things like that. Like you kind of have to adjust and see where the market's going. Like okay. I seen that the courses are gonna die down. Okay. Right. So now what do you have to do? The problem, of course, is, is that 
people don't people pay for a course, but they're only twenty percent of the people that pay for that course actually go through the whole course. So now, what's the solution? The solution is getting people to really go through the course so they can actually put the education into execution. Right. And 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 that's now now that I, that's what I'm trying to think about. How can we can come up with a solution? What's the solution? You gotta probably do more like group sessions and you go through the whole course and you 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 uh make. You make people accountable, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say at 7 p.m., we're going through this part of the course mm -hmm. on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we're going through this part. So now you're making people accountable, and you're doing it as a community, right. and now you, you get more people to go through the course. Right. Because if you really believe in your product, you really believe in your, 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 your course or whatever, if people go through it, they're going to become more successful. The goal is you bought that course because you want to change your life. You want to get to the next level. Now, you may need that hand to pull you through. Right. And that's that's gonna be the solution to this course thing, mm. like real school, like how how real school. You gotta pull them through. Yeah. Yeah. Like you gotta, gotta pull them through. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. That's, that's how you structured it. That's how EYL yeah. University that's how you structured it. it. That mm -hmm. makes sense to do it that way. Because before that, you buy it, you on your own. Yeah, you, you just go through the courses, and which is good. That's I mean that's how I learned. Okay. I'm, but everybody's not self motivated. That's you know, some some people need need a hand to pull them through. Like again, I just don't like being broke, so I had to learn. Like every, I went to college, but I didn't really learn nothing in college. I I learned everything buying courses. You too. You and I've been buying courses for damn fifteen years. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like, I messed up on audio, and I had to buy. I, I bought like a three thousand dollar course, to, and I stayed in the room until I finished wow. it. Right. And so I understood it, so I felt comfortable with. I could I could. I don't care what the sound, what's going on in this room. I'm gonna know how to. I'm gonna know how to um make it sound good. Right. Right. That makes sense. So um talking about monetizing your platform how early on did, did y'all find ways to monetize and how did you go about finding like your ad agencies and, and things like that well one thing about ad agencies is that they're not gonna they're not gonna even talk to you until you have a certain amount of views okay. and i think I'm, i don't know if the number changed but when, when we were searching we needed a hundred thousand views per week now it's very complicated how this works but if you put in four episodes, like you put one episode out in like four clips, mm -hmm. whatever that week's downloads is, that's what your download week is. It's not per episode. Oh. So people people kind of get confused with that, right? Okay. okay. So now monthly, we're getting like four million views a, a month. Yeah. But it's not, we only put out four episodes. It's not uh, one million per episode. Right. Right. It's, it's all the different clips different. and everything mm -hmm. we're putting in. So the goal is you get, the, you get this episode, right? You might get four or five clips. You put those four or five clips out in that same week, that's your that's your download for the week, and that's how you increase your downloads, and that's how you get into these agencies to, to get you to get wow. ad money. But on um, one of our agencies that we worked with, it was really relationships. One of our friends knew a guy that had an agency. He was a black owned agency. He wanted to work with you know. Wow. I don't really like the term black owned because I don't think we're a black company. We're a company. We're a, company, we're a right. media company. Right. Um, but he you know it was a relationship, and he was able to get us like big big brands like McDonald's and all these different Ooh. brands paying you know premium dollar for, for our, to, to, to attach to our audience. Wow. And that's one way, like really relationships, that's the best way it's gonna do it, best way you're gonna do it. But another way is, this is what people don't really speak about, go into whatever, whatever industry you're in, go listen to the top 20 podcasts. Go listen to all the brands that are advertising on those top 20 podcasts. Get that information, see what companies, mm -hmm. a lot of them are gonna be agencies. But actually, some of them are just you gonna meet you. Like, yo, I work with such such company. I'm, I'm, you reach out to them, 
Give them a crazy deal they can't offer. You show results, they're gonna keep advertising with you. Mm -hmm. And that's we we don't lose advertisers ever because we got results. Absolutely. Put twenty thousand in that building, so I'm sure they'll pull it there. Yeah, and that's how you monetize your podcast. But like you gotta like go with what's in front of you, right? Like I know all you guys know somebody that owns a business. Right. What is it just saying, yo, give me five hundred dollars, I'll put you in five episodes. Whatever. It's anything helps in the beginning. Anything helps. But just going to those people like a car wash or whatever, like if you remember, Wallow and Gilly was advertising like a, a, a mm. auto shop and all Shaving that stuff kids. in the beginning yeah. on. Like yeah. he was advertising his girlfriend's hair business. Yeah. Just right. think, like go to go directly to all these people. He made a little flyer yeah. and had had his little ad prices and, yeah. and advertised them. And just, like you got to think outside the box. Nobody's really people forgetting that hand to hand and face to face is still that's still a thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when we met face to face. Email might have took longer. You know, I answer every email. I I, I try I try my <laughs> best to do that. <laughs> but now, when you got face to face, look, a week later, I'm here. You know what right. I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, you, don't don't think that that face to face going into a cleaner saying, listen, I get such such views. I'm gonna give you a crazy deal. Like, listen, I got a thousand people listening in, in, in Philly. Give me such and such, and I I put your ad on on thing. Just simple things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we 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 get away from that. You know what I'm saying? We're scared to like. Get our hands dirty and right. get in front of people. Okay. So now, right, you you scale up to, to monumental, legendary numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with EYL University, with Invest Fest, with Earn Your Leisure, just the podcast. You being behind the scenes, what does what does the operations look like? How do y'all keep that going? Like, what does that? Well, the the best part of our business and the best thing that happened to me was we delegated. Mm-hmm. We delegated a lot of responsibilities. We got like A B. You know, he does the operations now. He's our COO. He takes care of all the scheduling. He takes care of all the things that, that have to do with daily, day by, the daily responsibilities. Got my brother Vincent. He deals with the merch. He's the, he's the head of merch. He's our partner with merch. I don't have to deal with that. I used to press merch in my house. Mm-hmm. That was a real thing. I was pressing the merch in my house. Wow. Uh, my brother, um, my other brother, Richard, he does all the, um, the clips. He does the, the YouTubes. He does, we delegated all those things. Then, then you got, you know... Uh, Troy's wife, she does the, the finances, she does the transfers. Mm. I ain't got to do transfers no more. She takes the, 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 the numbers and put them into the, um, the quick, give them to the, the CPA or whatever. You know, does, I don't got to do all that no more. Right. But all these little things around the, the, the business that I was doing. You know, yeah. you got Magna who handles EY University. Right. We partnered with, with um, Marcus. Now we got a whole... 15, 20 employees with UI University. Right. But the goal was when you scale, you can't scale by yourself. You have to you have to bring people in and take things off your plate. And you do it what you're great at. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was probably the best thing, and that was the thing that allowed us to get to the next level is delegating, giving people responsibilities. But I will say this: you want to make sure that when you give something to someone, they really enjoy doing it. And you really want them to really enjoy doing it because like it's not. if they don't enjoy doing it, it won't be a, 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 an enjoyable experience for them and they won't, they won't give you the results you need. Mm-hmm. So it's been times where we put people in place and we had to take them out of this place and put them here. We, tr- we definitely tried to make it work with our people first. Right. Yeah. That was something mm-hmm. that we talked about when we was walking through the, um, the uh, food truck section. We were saying, we were talking about that, like how do you guys evaluate who to trust or who to put in position mm-hmm. and then to make sure that it would be fruitful for you guys because you know you definitely want to be able to delegate so that you guys can continue to scale but how do you guys evaluate on such a massive level who I can trust over this who I can put in a position 
Well, with childhood friends, with childhood friends. So the trust was there. That's the number one thing we got with us. Whether or not I know, I know Rashad's not gonna steal from me. I know Troy's not gonna steal from me, and they know I'm not gonna steal from them. So the trust was always there. Like they trust me with their lives, with their kids, with their money, everything. Right. Right. Like, and I'm the one who was setting up the businesses and setting up the accounts, mm-hmm. right? So I have access to everything, right? So I was, and they trust me with that. It was even times where they didn't have access because they have to come to Atlanta and sign on to the, to become a part of the account. You know what I'm saying? So everything was like, our, our trust was because we knew each other. Now, I ain't going to say I trust people because I don't. Right. I trust people I grew up with. Like I said, right, in the right. beginning, I trust my childhood friends with my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the trust, that's how it was easy to get over the trust. People come in and want access to all our stuff. We don't give access to nothing. Of course. Right. Like once in a while we might give it access, but limited for and for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I don't like mm-hmm. I do not like giving access to, to, to my stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we worked we busted That's our right. ass. We worked hard for this. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And the most important thing in any of this is the data. If you ain't collecting data right now, you gotta start today. Collecting data. Whether that's putting a website out and and and, and doing a, 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 a little form, your name, your email, your city. And phone up, phone number, or doing a free networking event, and that actually helped us uh, grow too. We was doing free networking events all around the country, and we was getting the data. We was getting all the data. We were doing it free. That first we, one was in LA, right? And that I was on like we just did that on in the weekend. Fly. Yep. That's wow. Crazy. Yep. That's ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like we talked a lot about this this first first eighteen months. So I just wanted people to get a clear like picture of, of what that first eighteen months was because y'all wasn't taking nothing out. So was the money going to like marketing? Were y'all doing live events? Were y'all like mm-hmm. going places was, to do anything? It like was that? going. It was going into. I mean, we didn't do paid marketing in those eighteen months, but it was going into marketing because we had to pay a photographer to do this. We had to pay right. a place to to get this place out to to do to do this scene or whatever. So um, it went into like equipment. It went into traveling to get into here to places. Because oh, okay. um, this, like I said, this reminds me. This brings me back to when we was packing up the merch, <laughs> going to uh, all these different places. You know, we went to LA with, with all of our equipment to interview Al Harrington. That was one of the, the first times wow. we had to go and bring them. We just, we had to do it. You know what I'm saying? How did I get the interview? Um, I, I couldn't even. T- oh, they followed each other. Trump, uh, Rashad and um Al Harrington followed each other, and Rashad was actually good with that. He would see who's following them, like if he wanted to say Al Harrington. Who in this case, him? they were following each other already. Right. But if you want Al Harrington, you'll see who's following him right. that he knows and try to connect them, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's the way. It's like it's one separation apart, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was the way that we got a lot of guests too. Mm-hmm. We would see who's following who we want. And then contact them that and say, yo, can you do an introduction? Rashad would write up the whole exactly what you want to say. He was taking his his financial advisor um, thing where when you went to when you sign up with him, he'll give you script to send to your five friends to to sign up with him to become his the, yep. so you can become your financial advisor. Wow. Taking that same method, yeah. yo, and putting it into the um wow. and getting our guests, yeah. Wow. So y'all was using all y'all skills that y'all, y'all was really, I'm yeah, telling you, y'all really, yeah. every part of the puzzle was, it was, Perfect it was, they just had to put it together. That makes sense. That makes sense. Y'all were able to plant like one seed that is basically branched into multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, some that we've already talked about, some that we've already named. Was it difficult to manage all of them simultaneously? Because now we're, we're getting to a point where you guys are scaling the heights that have not been obtained before. Mm-hmm. So like, is it hard to, I guess, to one, visualize where you're going to, and then also, is it hard to manage these? Even though you spoke to delegation, is it hard to delegate as you're continuing to scale at the same time? Well, so 
when I'm building something, I like to know how everything works. Okay. Before I give it before to somebody else. It to, Just in case they don't. It, it was like Nipsey Hussle said. He knew how to produce. He knew how to do it. He knew how to touch everything in the studio. Right? He didn't, he, like, having some, it's the same thing of, of, of not having a job. Like, I don't like somebody having control of, like, something that, you know what I'm saying? Like, they could be the determinant factor. Like, if, if my, if my um, video guy's not here, I can't shoot a podcast. Right. I don't like that feeling. Right. So I need to learn video. I need to learn sound. So... I kind of built the blueprint out for every single business. I was like building it out. And then also with, you know, Troy and Rashad, we just build it out how to how to do this. And, and then we would eventually give it to somebody else because we're working on something else. Because we have EYL trucking, we right. have EYL health, health. Yeah. we have EYL vending. Right. We have, and those are, those are like trade businesses. Those are real like brick and mortar businesses, mm -hmm. right? But then you have the digital EYL university, you have Invest Fest, you have uh, EYL Network, mm -hmm. we have um, Market Mondays, mm -hmm. all these different businesses, and, and it, they're making like seven to eight figure businesses. They're big businesses, you know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it comes with a, a lot of responsibility. And one person can't do it. Right. I was the one person that was setting it all up, the websites and the, the, the bank accounts, the, the, the automations and things like that. Right. But a lot of people, now with AI and stuff and, and automations and, and um, it, it's not too hard. It sounds difficult. It's becoming much more simpler and easier to run these businesses because there's so many uh, tools out there. Like people scared of AI, but if you take AI as a tool, like money, money is a tool. Money allows you to do more things. Mm -hmm. AI is a tool. It allows you to do things more efficiently and more effective and easier where you don't have to be there. Like if you go into any website and go to a little chat box, you're going to first talk to AI. You're not talking to it's nobody. Mm -hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? But before you have to talk to somebody, that's a tool that allows you to free up uh, 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 representatives. Now you don't need 10 representatives. Now you only need two. And AI is usually answering most of those questions where you don't have to go to representative. So now you that's that's eight people you just got rid of. You only need two people answering real live questions. It's just, look at this as a tool. It, it, it should help you grow your business, not take away. Speaking of growing, like you guys have reached an amazing amount of success so like how do you decide what's next like where where do your interests lie like where does it come from do you just see something and be like oh i want to get into it and start mm -hmm. looking into how to blueprint it or do people come to you with ideas now at this point like what does they look like yeah people we, we, we invest in a lot of different startups and stuff like that we have a um, investment club that we invest in different startups but in terms of our businesses I think it's just going with the flow, like, um, you know, um, seeing things that aren't being done or seeing things that are being done that should be done this way. And we see, it was like Market Mondays. We see at CNBC, I think, I think we could do better. We create Market Mondays. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then they actually come near, right? Yeah. University. I mean, people weren't talking about courses like that. That was like, I've been living off of residual income for 20 years. Remember that first guy I met that seen had the nice house, we became business partners. I'm a I'm a equity owner in his company now wow. because I I built out his whole infrastructure. And this is when I'm 20 something years old. I was young. To this day, I still get paid from that company, right? And that was the only bit of money yeah. that you know I was the only bit of money <laughs> I was working with when I was in those 18 months. Right. But it was it was substantially high at one point. But you know, as you grow, you know, I couldn't put all my time into it. But um. Take, taking taking that is is uh damn the question. What was the question? How, you, how do like how do you choose what comes next? How you oh yes. So next? so you know, you you go with, with, with what's not working, and you you change it. You say this is what I could do better. 
That's what I don't know why I mentioned that. I mentioned that for a reason. Maybe I don't replay. <laughs> yeah, cut all that out. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. Man. You look good. Man. Like, you go look big. big. This end is smooth so far. Yeah, honestly, this conversation, the gym, the special way. So normally they they ask me to do it this way because normally we always ask somebody to drop a gem at the towards the latter part of the interview. But I feel like this one. It hits home specifically for us. Mm -hmm. So normally, when you when you spoke um, you spoke to us, you told us one to be different and to be consistent. And I know that those are two that actually are, I would say, foundations for you. Mm -hmm. When you feel like there is a person that is consistent and they are different, but they're just still trying to scale, they can't find a way to do it. What would you say to those people who are working, whether it be in content creation, podcast? Whatever the case may be, an aspiring media company, mm -hmm. they're consistent, they're, they're working, but they're just trying to scale and can't get to it. What would you encourage them to do? They're not listening to the people. Mm. So you need to listen to the people because if you're consistent, you're being different, and you're working hard, and it's not growing, you're not listening to the people. Like, I made a post about, I know you want to make this content. Like, you want to make what you want to make, but what you want to make might not work right now. Right? You might have to put that to the side and, and, and make what's working, right? You might not want to make it, but if you want to grow and you want to take it to the next level, do the things that's working. Listen to the people. They'll tell you what, they, what you want to see, what they want to see from you, right? Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that my workout videos was always doing well. My, uh, my family things were doing well. And, but, but some of the things that I like to talk about wasn't doing well. Mm -hmm. I stopped doing it. Now, what I, I, I did a trick was I asked the question, like I'm, I'm interviewing myself. I asked the question that I want to answer mm -hmm. first, and then I answer it. That actually started picking up more heat, like because now I'm like making it more conversational, mm -hmm. um, like, like almost like my own self podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So like I would ask myself the question and answer it. You know, how do you take a a a, a, a company from a thousand dollars to a a million dollars, right? And I explain that, right? It's just just making it more um, conversational, right. and that actually helped because I still wanted to talk about it, but I had to change up how right. I had to do it. And that actually worked. Another thing that worked was me getting someone else doing the edits. I was doing them. I'm like, it's too much. I can't do it. <laughs> Throwing it to someone else. Delegating. I want to grow. I want more time to my. I want. I want to buy back my time. I want as much as time to myself as possible. Right. So I was able to just. I got a whole like five or six editors now. I just work mm. with, and I send them all different things. And whoever gives me best. But and and then I'm building a team. It, like I said, I was building my whole architect. Right. right? I'm building this architect where I could just. Hand this over to somebody else. Now I don't have to touch it. Now, now I could build 10, 15, 20 businesses, right? And if I have equity in those 10, 15, 20 businesses, you might not be seeing me sit here. Yeah. <laughs> we got you because you bring in time. You just, literally. Just, right. I might be a call away. I don't know. Man, call Diddy, man. Don't up. Right, listen, when they say these are herbs, it's a rat. Right, this, is, this is really my last question. Then we go and wrap this up. But I do, I, this is, I'm curious about this because we do the same thing. In that first 18 months, right, how much content was y'all putting out a week? Like, how, well, was, so that was the thing too. We started putting out like, you know, once a day. Then we started twice a day. Now we up to like four times a day yeah, we're putting content out. Like, you know, we're just, we we went 18 months only putting out maybe just once, once or twice a day. Okay. That's a lot of content. But now we started to, you know, take that old content and, and, and resurface it. it, repurpose it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, and that and that was getting millions of views too as well. So we could, we could do a, a, a notification on our apps and get paid thousands of dollars for that for companies. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we got the data, we got control of our, 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 
our information. Mm -hmm. Like I was using this app called Community, and it's a text text messaging service. And I got up to like four or five thousand people in like two weeks. And I was like, let me, because I, I I wanted to export the data and put it into my you know my whole email blast and stuff like that. They're like, oh no, we don't give you that. I'm like what? What? <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't share our data with you. It's, it's, it lives on here. I said okay. Ended and that right away. Yeah, yeah, Started yeah. using easy texting. Yeah. You know, then I was using attentive and super phone. So I'm using a bunch of different, but if you you telling me this is like another Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm building, you building, we got millions of followers, but we don't have, we don't have their, their contact information. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we, we're, we're as good as Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's, that wasn't good. That wasn't that good wasn't sitting good with us. Yeah. We, you have to control your data. Um, and I mean, you should be doing that like right now. Like you can go to Google Forms, make a form. Mm -hmm. Just make a, a quick little form and just put it on your, your, your rail or put it on your stories. Yo, sign up. We got some exclusive content coming out. We want you to be the first one to listen to it. Just do something like that. You got mm -hmm. to. Because without this data, I don't know how many followers you got all combined. Mm -hmm. But without that, you, you, you want to know your people okay. and have access to your people. It's gonna be putting this expeditiously. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> like before we touch the plane. Yeah. But Not just for, for the real. people that wanna uh, continue to follow your journey, support you, and get in contact with you potentially, where can they find you at? At M I C H A E L J M A C D O N A L D. And, and that's my website too. So my website has all my brands that I work with. So it's MichaelJMcDonald.com. Um, I was promoting Ernie Leisure, but I was like, why not promote Michael J. McDonald? Because all Ernie Leisure Market Mondays, uh, investments, everything's all in one place. So I just, I didn't want to do like those share links that people do, doing something different. Got you it. know what I'm saying? Now they're coming to my site. I got a little form on there, but I haven't really been promoting it as, as much as I should because I'm working on, because this is the problem with these influencers and all these people that do business, anybody in business, they start getting too much business that they can't handle. When you start putting putting yourself out there and you get start to get too much business and you can't handle it, what happens? They start putting your name in the dirt and all these different things. So you never you, you always want to over deliver. Don't be afraid of giving more than what you what you told me was on giving. Because yeah. they're gonna remember that and they're gonna feel good. You want just think about you how you felt when you purchased something and it was more than what you thought it was gonna be. Right. How'd you feel? Right. You gotta reverse engineer that. You right. know what I'm saying? You right. bought that Gucci bag, and it's like, damn, this shit feel kind of good. I like this. Oh, and it come with the long strap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it makes you feel better. So you didn't know it was coming with the long strap, but when you start to do things like that, and you get you get more value than what you paid for, and you feel like that, mm -hmm. that's how you want to make people feel. And you make people feel like that. Like we we got we had 150 classes. We had all of, we would get 20, 30 percent off of all our events. We were just trying to give as much as value as possible. And, and and I think that that that's one of the best things in business. Don't put yourself out there unless you can really, take really control of all, all the things. But you know, um, and that's why I haven't really because I really I'm not in place yet. I'm not. I'm almost there. I'm like eighty five percent. Okay. Got but it. you know, pretty soon you know. Solid. Well, man, uh, another phenomenal episode in the books. We definitely appreciate you for not only taking nah, the time to speak for, with us, but me, man. yeah, to come down. Y'all flew yeah. down for me, set yeah. up the studio. I appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like a star. You know what I'm saying? You are no, a star. You for are. For real. For real. I'm the people's chip, man. I'm the person, man. I'm out there, I'm out there in, the, in the field. Yeah, I'm out there in the field. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So definitely, um, like we said, man, another legendary episode. 
Another episode from the Winners Culture. Shout out to Studio 524 for always looking out for us and producing the podcast. And also another special shout out to Noara Films, carrying the production, carrying all of the equipment, setting up the Holding the, the, the holding camera the whole time. And y'all going to see that this angle is extremely steady. He is holding this with his hands right now. His so hands. shout out to John. Uh, shout out to Devin as well from Noah Productions. Now uh, Noah Films, we appreciate y'all. Shout out to Everything Clears, Austin for coming yes. through. You yes, yes, Forbes Thirty Under Thirty coming and get the clips for us. Legendary, legendary, legendary episode legendary. for Absolutely. So until next time, y'all, make sure y'all share this, like it, subscribe, send it to the family, send it to the friends. The winners culture, we out. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Great, no, appreciate it. We really appreciate it.